It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Almighty God, so much bondage, so much bondage, set us free, set us free, Almighty God. We will rejoice your freedom. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. In Galatians chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, we find the Apostle Paul is very, very clear in fighting for God's people to stop trying in their own power to create their own reality, calling us to stop exhausting ourselves trying to crank the world's machine, and calling us to rest in Jesus and to trust him in our relationships, at our jobs, in the work of the gospel, to trust him. When we come then to Galatians, the fifth chapter, Paul just begins to wax eloquent on this issue of freedom and why he wants us free. Many of you came today exhausted because you've been trying to do a great deal in your flesh. Some of you came exhausted because you've been obeying the Holy Spirit. We have to be clear why we're exhausted. Almost all exhaustion comes from fighting the darkness. And we are all called to fight the darkness. We fight it by leaving it. Satan is going to do everything he can to keep us in the darkness, to keep us in the battle with demonic spirits. There is nothing a demonic spirit hates more than for you to turn your back on it and with a smile begin to worship Jesus. There's nothing a demonic spirit hates more than you picking up the Bible and beginning to read it aloud. He can't stand it. There's nothing a demonic spirit hates like singing songs of praise to Jesus. He cannot abide being in your presence. He flees. But he wants us to become engaged with him. He wants us to fight with him. He wants us to think it's our job 
to fight with demons. It's not. The fight belongs to the Lord. It's not our battle. We're to turn our back on him and say, I've had enough. Jesus, I worship you. I honor you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And above and beyond all of that, you love me. And I love you. The whole of the Christian thing is supposed to be a great love affair. Jesus comes courting his bride. But his bride is busy fighting off, trying to wrest from the devil's hands what he's stolen. You think Jesus doesn't have more? Do you think Jesus is limited in his supply? Chapter 5, Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Sometimes the yoke of slavery feels so comfortable. We're so used to it then we, we, we don't have the yoke of slavery anymore. We think something's wrong. It's supposed to be about fighting that yoke. No, it's not. It's about getting that yoke off our shoulders. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. That is, if you decide that you're going to engage in a series of actions that will set you free, you're going into slavery again. Then comes this most astonishing verse. I have read the Bible time after time after time, and the truth of this verse has never before been revealed to me And as I was struggling last night to understand what Paul is trying to say to us, suddenly it's as though this brief sentence were just on fire to my heart. (coughs) It's chapter 5, verse 6b. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, keep your finger right there and go with me quickly to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Let's just review that quickly, maybe. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And now I will show you the most excellent way. He could have said, and now I'm going to show you the way of freedom. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal.
if I am quick with my mouth and can argue the case in every direction and there is no love, I am before God just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. And then begins this incredible description of what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. But what's that like? Daddy, he hit me. That's a child. That's not fair. You can't do that. I'm going to beat you up. Get out of my way. Do you hear these things from kids? It's the language of childhood. Dad and mom are concerned. Are these kids going to ever grow up? I remember many times my dad saying to me, Raymond, I wish you would just grow up. I never had the courage to say to him, but daddy, I'm just a kid. Did you ever embarrass your parents? I think kids specialize in embarrassing their parents. We all know that's how children function. And so we try to corral as best we can their destructive heart tendencies. You see yourself when you look at your children. You've just become more sophisticated. You've learned to iron over these defects, but they're still there and you're ready to lunge like a bear after somebody who steals your toy. Isn't this the human heart and the human nature? And so we grow into adulthood and we work very hard on presenting a civilized front to the world. But let the wife say something that she shouldn't say. 
or let the boss undercut our position and rebuke us, especially in front of so-and-so. Let the project not go forward as we think it should and see how we treat those laboring on that project. Most of us as adults are just grown-up children, but we're still children. And sometimes I'm sure your boss wants to say, would you just grow up? I know I sometimes say that about some of you. Would, would that person please just grow up? Well, what does it mean to grow up? Paul is teaching us that to grow up means we begin to walk in love. Where we're no longer the center of the world. Where we now begin to offer self-sacrificing support to those around us. Where we're not putting bricks in other people's backpacks. Instead, we're in the process of lifting the load off their back so their journey is easier. So instead of criticizing, we're saying, how can I help change this situation so that this person knows that I'm willing to go to the mat for them? I'm willing to lay it all down for them. I will lay my life down for this person. I've never seen a wife rebel when her husband is willing to die for her. Now, she might kill him. But you hear what I'm saying. When the wife knows beyond question that this man thinks she is the most beautiful creature who ever walked on God's green earth, And he tells her so. And he demonstrates it in his actions. That's why marriage is so beautiful. Because it brings out the very worst of our character. It exposes the raw hatred of childhood. And Paul is saying, let's put away childish ways. Walk in love. And love is freedom. It's not bondage. Love is not doing it my way. See, most of us think that if we do it, how shall I put this? I'm willing to love you but then you do it my way. Am I anywhere close? I'll pour myself out for you as long as you're pleasing me. I find that in the church also. And I love pastor. Until pastor doesn't do it or say it his way. And suddenly pastor's the enemy. And the 
garbage begins to go. You know what pastor said to me? Well, did pastor love you? Yeah, but he didn't do it my way. I mean, all social organizations function around these issues, not just the church. Because the world's way is a bunch of of kids running around trying to maneuver and get what we want. The first question we're told by social scientists that any person asks when they come into a social organization, is there a place for me here? Can I be safe here? Do I have a contribution I can make here? And if I'm not safe and I have no contribution I can make, the person usually leaves. Paul is trying to share with us in the 13th chapter the way of love. He says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And then he says, and now there remains three things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now let's come back to the Galatians passage and try to understand what what Paul is saying when he says the only thing that counts is faith. What counts in your life? How much money you have? How successful you are in raising your children? What counts for you? What's the measure you use in your life to determine whether or not you are a person of value and you should be respected? Is it success in business? What is it that really counts in your heart? that gives you a sense of personhood, that gives you a sense of, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Well, Paul is saying there's only one thing that counts, and that is faith expressing itself through love. said earlier, this whole Christian walk is about functional love. And you all know that love is not an emotion. There are emotions with love, but love is not an emotion. Love is a decision. Love is a decision to humble your heart and look out for the best of another person. How does a person know if you love them? Well, first, probably most important, is do you waste time with them? What do you mean, waste time? I mean, do you just give up all of your goals and say you are valuable enough in my life that I just want to enjoy who you are? I just want to spend some time with you. 
That's how a person knows they're loved. Now, please understand, men and women see this very differently. Men think they're showing love by going to work and earning the money and paying the bills. And some wives think they're showing love by doing the wash, staying home and taking care of the house. Remember Fiddler on the Roof? This Jewish man says, Mama, do you love me? And she says, I wash your clothes, don't I? Mama, do you love me? I cook your meals, don't I? They had obviously different love languages. (laughs) Okay. But the first and greatest way another person knows that you love them is that you waste time with them. That's the most common love language of all. Do I sacrifice my time to be with my children, to be with my wife, to be with my husband? Obviously, another person knows that they're loved. If you do those things for them that they can hear, you're doing it because you care. Hopefully, we go to work to demonstrate our love for our partners, for our family, but most of all for Jesus. Love is not a passive consumer sport. It's active, it's alive, and it's what we do to say, I love you. But now, how do we bring that back to the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love? Well, we could go uh, to the book of James. There is some insight there. First, in the fourth chapter of the book of James, Verse 1, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you that we spoke of earlier? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure, you adulterous people. Now, whoa, wait a minute. That's a relational charge. To, To say to someone, a wife or a husband, you are committing adultery. You are saying there is a relational problem between us. No one would ever say to someone at work, 
who's not performing their duties, you adulterer. No, that's not appropriate at work. It's an intimacy issue. It's a relational issue. It's a trust bond between a man and a woman. But now James is taking that trust relational bond between a man and a woman, and he's saying to the Christians in his church, he's the pastor of the Jerusalem church, he's saying, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? He's saying you are committing adultery with the world because you love the world and you do not love God. You cannot love the world and God at the same time. Impossible. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Well, that makes perfect sense. If you look at a husband and wife relationship, and the husband is committing adultery, he's just become an enemy of his wife. Am I right? It breaks the intimacy of the couple. It destroys the covenant of marriage that they made at the altar. He's saying you can do the same thing with God. You can break the covenant of grace between you and Jesus. Well, what does that have to do with this passage in Galatians? Where he's so clear the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Well, I can put it in a relational context for us. A husband and a wife, the only thing that's going to count between them is total persuasion and confidence on each partner's part that the love they share is true and real. As soon as one of those partners begins to feel like the other one is unfaithful, that relationship begins to break down and be destroyed. And I've seen so many times in a, in a new marriage where either the gal or the, the guy thinks they can still have wonderful friendships with old boyfriends or girlfriends. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten phone calls from a wife or a husband saying, my husband thinks he can still go to Facebook and talk to his girlfriends. Would you please talk to him? Facebook has brought about more divorces, literally, than almost any other device in our culture, because it breaks the vow of marriage between a husband and a wife by going back and reconnecting with old flames and starting something that should have been left in the grave. The only thing that counts is faith 
What is faith? Absolute assurance. Absolute confidence. Being fully persuaded. The only way a marriage can work is if a man and a woman is fully persuaded that their spouse loves them. If there is a shadow of doubt, if suddenly the husband sees that the wife is every once in a while going out quietly to talk on the telephone but doesn't want him to hear, it won't be long until he's going to be taking that telephone and looking at who she's talking to. And suddenly seeds of doubt will begin to creep into that relationship where there is not openness. There is a lack of faith. And the lack of faith will finally lead to the destruction of that marriage. Am I right? The only thing that counts is absolute persuasion that expresses itself through love. Now, we see that between a husband and a wife. Now, let's extrapolate that to our relationship with God. There are certain things that are of great importance to me in my life. And if you were to ask right now, Pastor, what is the top concern of your heart? What is it that consumes your inner being? I would freely and quickly answer you. The salvation of America. I, in my private prayer closet, often weep over this nation. I see us coming to a point of utter destruction. And so I've been pleading with the Lord for FM radio. I've been pleading with the Lord for national radio. And I'm saying, Lord, if not me, then bring others. I don't have to be the one who does it. Bring someone who will lift up a standard of righteousness in this nation, who will, like a piercing flame of lightning, strike the conscience of America and awaken us to the destruction that is coming rapidly upon our country. Well, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only way God is going to hear my prayer is if that prayer is birthed out of complete love and trust in the one to whom I pray. If I'm committing adultery on Jesus, that relationship between Jesus and me will not be intact. And then I must have an attorney come and deal with the divorce. Because there will be a divorce. I mean, come on, how many times would you put up with an adulterous husband or wife? You would soon be saying, look, I do love you, but I can't live with you. You're an adulterer. I can't deal with this. I've been through that. 
in my first marriage, when I got the post office box from the postman coming and saying, your box is too small at the post office, so I thought I'd drop this by, Pastor. And it was addressed to my wife. So I look in her calendar, and I see there that she's scheduled to be at a at a hotel. So I go sit in the lobby, and I watch as she comes in and meets a man, and they go up to a room. Now, did I love my wife? Yes. But when she got home, I was sitting there with the package from the post office. And my testimony of what she had done. And she readily admitted it and said, I don't want to be a pastor's wife anymore. I'm leaving. I was stunned. I was shocked. Now, no matter how much I might have loved her, I could not live with her because she was breaking the sacred covenant between our hearts. So I now have a great problem on heart for America. And now I come to Jesus to plead with him to intercede for America. That will only work if I come out of a place of great love and compassion. Faith only operates in the atmosphere of love. So many times I've stood by faith. I've stood by faith. I've stood by faith. I've stood by faith and nothing happened. And God said nothing to me. And I would go into the prayer closet and I would say, Lord, it's like the heaven is brass and the earth is iron. I was consumed by what I needed from him. He was consumed by his need for my love. He wanted me to love him. He was not Mr. Santa Claus. He was not Mr. Vending Machine. Put your quarter in and get your whatever out. He's the one who courts my heart for marriage. And he'll only operate with me in the context of love. I hear people say, Pastor, Jesus talks to you. Why doesn't he talk to me? And I say to them, Jesus is no respecter of persons. If Jesus will not talk to you, it's because there's a problem with your love for him. And if you want him to talk to you, you're going to have to change that. You're going to have to be totally sold out with your ships burned. Or God's not going to talk to you. Faith operates not out of need. 
faith does not function simply because you need something and you believe it's going to happen. Faith operates when there's no longer any spiritual adultery. When there is absolute confidence in a loving relationship between you and God. And now whatever you ask according to his will, he will answer and he will do. And sometimes it's taken me year after year of praying. And then I've learned that God comes with one sweep of his hand and everything is changed. And as I look back on those experiences, many, many of those experiences, I see now that what God was waiting for was for a deepening of my love with him so that I knew that I loved him. So that I knew I'd laid my life down for him, that I was no longer going to be stubborn or hard-hearted or angry or bitter. And come on, please. The first human response when we don't get what we want, get him. Go to war. Take it. God wants that exposed in our hearts. He wants us to see the reality of the human childish nature. And he wants us to grow up. Faith only counts when it's expressing itself through love. God does not do things for us because he should. God does not do things for us because he has to. He's willing to let us sit in our misery in our dirty diaper. He's willing to let us sit in it as long as we want to sit in it. But his plan for us is freedom. His plan for us is to release us from the bonds that we have wrapped around our necks. And he wants freedom for us because he loves us. But it's tough love. It's love that says, okay, you want to do that? You want to commit adultery against me? I see it. And you don't have access to the throne room. You know, sometimes God just puts us in the refrigerator and says, buddy, you just need to chill a little. I've been put in the refrigerator by God so many times. I don't like God to put me in the refrigerator or to put me in time out. And some of you, I'm guessing, have had to do the same thing I've had to do. Recognize 
Finally, sometimes after years, I've been in time out. And no matter what I've tried to do, I can't break out. It seems that I leap from one miserable situation into a situation that is even more miserable. And the demands are even higher. And I'm more and more exhausted until I'm ready to drop. God specializes in people who finally drop. The old poem, The Hound of Heaven, he comes and begins to lick our face. We have a little moment of love and then we jump to our feet and we start to run again because we've been re-energized. There's a hound after us. We need to begin to understand, to think about, to pray about this wonderful kernel of truth that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The money doesn't count. House doesn't count. Job doesn't count. Recognition doesn't count. Hiding away in my little hidey cave, enjoying my secret pleasures, doesn't count. The only thing that counts is that intimacy, that love, that absolute assurance and trust in my Lord Jesus. That's all that counts. And I bring to him the hurts and the sorrows and the struggle, and I trust him to clean up the mess and to redirect my steps so that I will do exactly what he wants me to do and not go commit adultery with some beautiful worldly figure. It's faith. Expressing itself through love. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, I'm asking in your great mercy, would you set the National Prayer Chapel free? Would you send your spirit to bring such revelation knowledge that our hearts would be utterly given over to you and to your righteousness. Totally given over to your love and your compassion that these things would flow freely from our lives to others. Lord, I know today that if we learn how to love as a church, if I learn how to love by faith as their pastor. People will be knocking our doors down to get into this strange and wonderful place of heaven. Lord, let it be so. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.